0: a little bit of review um, and get right into some new stuff. We had some technology issues in class, but I believe we're working now, so all right, good deal. So faith, hope, and love, and we're talking about restoring precision, and so I was looking for a slide that would kind of communicate the concept of precision, and I don't know what you think of when you think of precision, but... uh, Gears that you know mesh together and work together, and the concept behind the gear is that when you turn one, it turns another, which turns another and 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 it 's something that they all work together, and that 's how Father God designed faith, hope, and love to be in our lives um, is for them to uh, work and operate together and so um, we see that when it comes to faith, hope, and love that uh, our world is pretty confused uh, about all of these. And sadly, that confusion has carried over into the body of Christ, and we see that a lot of people throw these words around uh, as if they have no idea what they really mean and the way they're used, and that's created some looseness, some some slack, so to speak, uh, in what God intends to be something that's very precise and very exact. And so, restoring precision to what the Word of God teaches us about faith, hope, and love—that's what we're going to go after tonight and, and probably continue into next uh, Wednesday as well. But let's go back to our one of our key verses, Colossians 2, 6 through 10. It says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. So let me just encourage you, those of you who are with us online, those of you here in the room what, what you're doing tonight is your part to be rooted and built up in Jesus and and, and established in the faith. It, it's, it's one thing to, to be a born again person. It's another thing to really become established, to, to, be a, to, to put some roots down, to be established in love, to be established in grace, to be established in truth. Um, and, and of course this doesn't happen at night while we sleep. These are things that We have to uh, engage and go after and pursue. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. The um, longing in your heart to to understand has everything to do with God's ability to reveal His truth and His wisdom to you. And so being rooted and built up in Him, it's one thing to be in Him. It's another thing to, to be rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith, as you've been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. And so we spent probably the majority of our time together last Wednesday night on verse number 8, pointing out once again the use of the word according to here. According to has to do with what something is based upon. And he's saying that the perspective that people have when it comes to their walk with God and walking out the things that God has given to them is not based upon the example we see in the life of Jesus on this earth, but instead it's based upon human philosophy, things that sound good that don't produce any results, traditions that have been passed down from people who live by their five senses, the basic principles of the world, that's the speaking of the lowest form, the lowest level of existence, and that lowest level of, of, of existing on planet Earth is when you live by your five senses. And he says all of this as opposed to, according to or based upon what we had modeled for us and lived out before us in the life of Jesus. Because in him, verse 9, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And verse 9 ends with a semicolon Meaning the thought continues, and you are complete in Him. And you are complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power. So it's one thing to receive Christ Jesus the Lord. It's another thing to walk in Him. We've said walking in Christ Jesus means walking out in your life reality, the new person you became and the fullness you received the moment you were born again. Our Colossians 2 text explains that people are being cheated out of experiencing, enjoying, and expressing the realities of their new birth because they have a perspective that is not according to Christ. They're trying to understand what these things mean and how these things are supposed to operate in their lives based upon traditions and human logic instead of the example that Jesus Set for us. I want to point out. One other thing in this verse. And that is that you are complete in him. You are complete in him. I don't think we'll get there tonight. But in the days ahead. We're going to look at another passage. That echoes this. There's actually several passages that echo this. But Hebrews 10 and 14 says. By one offering of himself. He has perfected forever. Has perfected forever. Those who are being sanctified. You are complete in Him. Complete in Him, complete in Jesus, is a new birth reality. Pay close attention. It says you are complete, not you will be complete. I think that's what a lot of people hear. The Bible's clear. It says you are complete in Him, but we don't hear we are complete. We hear that we will be complete. And there's a big difference between are complete and will be complete. If your boss says, um, did you get that uh, job finished? And you say, yes, sir, boss, it's finished. That means something entirely different than, well, it will be by close of business on Friday. So one is it's, it's done. Let's celebrate. The other is it's still in progress and hopefully will be done at some point in the future. He didn't say, you will be complete one day. He said, you are complete today. Now, why is that important? Because as we really start dialing in what this system of faith, hope, and love looks like and how it works, we see that it's all based upon what has been done as opposed to what is being done or what will be done. Faith operates from the perspective of already received already accomplished and we'll look at that in in greater detail again in a few minutes but I'm just pointing out to you that this is where a lot of people are being cheated because the Bible says you are complete and you just listen to Christian music today about people singing about how broken they are and how lost they are and how confused they are and how incomplete they are and blah 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 that's my friend, that doesn't line up with the Word of God. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, it says, And now abide, faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Abide means remain, but it means so much more. Abide speaks to the relation in which one thing stands to another. So these three abiding means they go together, they stand together, they work together. And they produce results together. We've used the example, I mean no disrespect to you know holy things, eternal things, but we've used the example, a simple example of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And as silly as it may sound, you've got to have precision in order to have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. If you have bread, grape jelly, and something that looks like peanut butter, But it's not peanut butter. Are you following what I'm saying here? That's that's almost, but it could be axle grease. It could be petroleum jelly. So I'm saying no. We don't we don't want bread, petroleum jelly, Vaseline, and peanut butter. Looks like jelly. It's got jelly on the label. You may call it jelly, but that's not the kind of jelly we're talking about. So faith. Hope and love form a dynamic and interactive system. They stand together, they work together, they go together, they produce results together. Each one separately we can talk about and study and learn about. The Bible has a lot to say about all three of these. The Bible has examples of all three of these at work. But God has connected them and linked them together together to form a dynamic and interactive system. So I know those are, you know, some words that you may not use every day in a sentence. So let's talk about what we mean by dynamic and interactive. Dynamic speaks of a process or system characterized by constant activity, change and progress. If something is dynamic, that means it's at work. It's 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 producing change, it's making progress. Sometimes to better understand what something is, you have to look at that thing's opposite, and the opposite of dynamic is static. Okay, and I don't mean like static on your radio, but static meaning lacking movement, lacking action, lacking change. So think of a rock as being static. Okay, just just sits there. Okay, so faith. Hope and love are more than mental or emotional ideas. We've got to get this established, okay? Faith, hope, and love are more than mental or emotional ideas. They are active and powerful forces. They flow from God and they're available to you and me. Are you with me? If we only look at faith as a concept, if we only look at love as a sentiment, we only look at hope as an emotion. All these different thoughts and ways of, of looking at these things. You know, I mean, we, you know, we live in a hallmark world. You know, the greeting card approach to faith, hope, and love. Or the well-wishing approach to faith, hope, and love. Or the very shallow, impersonal approach to faith, hope, and love. So These, these words mean so many different things to so many different people in our world. But it's not that way with God. God sees faith, hope, and love as this dynamic and interactive system, okay? Not just mental or emotional ideas, but powerful forces. How powerful are faith, hope, and love? All of these proceed forth from God to us. When Jesus says, have faith in God, one translation is, have the faith of God. It all originates with Him. When He gave to every person the measure of faith, He gave us His faith uh, dwelling in us, waiting to be activated. So faith, hope, and love are more than mental or emotional ideas. They are active and powerful forces flowing from God and made available to you and me. Now, just because they're available to us, that doesn't mean that we avail ourselves of them. You can have something uh, at your disposal, but you never utilize it, understand it, or take advantage of it. I mean, you you can have a computer with uh, QuickBooks installed on it, but still, you know, keep records for your multi-million dollar business by hand in a in a ledger book. Just because something is Available doesn't mean that you use it or understand it or know how to get the benefit from it. But these things flow from God. Faith flows from God. Love not only flows from God, God is love. And hope flows from God and He has made these very powerful forces available to you and me. When we say it's dynamic and interactive, something that's interactive speaks of two or more things Influencing or having an effect upon one another. So we see that love energizes faith. Faith provides substance for support for hope. They influence one another. If you take one, like the peanut butter and jelly, you can have a peanut butter sandwich with no jelly, but don't call it peanut butter and jelly if there's no jelly there. So when you take one out of the system, it it affects and alters the system because the same way peanut butter can't do for you what jelly can, hope can't do the same thing for you that faith can, and love can't do the same thing for you that hope can. They're distinct, but it's when they come together that something very amazing comes from comes from that uh, joining of those together. All right, now. So we've said that love has made salvation available to all men. If not for love, there would be nothing for faith to receive. Love can only accomplish so much in your life without faith, and faith can only accomplish so much in your life without hope. So again, dynamic and interactive system. Each are very powerful, but they must ultimately work together if the results God wants you to realize in your life are going to be realized. So God's love for you can only produce limited results at best uh, At best for you without faith on your part stepping in and receiving. We've covered this. I'm just trying to remind you of it as we build up to some new things. Okay? In the same way love alone cannot produce results in your life without faith, love and faith are limited in what they can produce in your life without hope. Once faith receives, it passes the baton of hope. It passes the baton rather to hope, and hope carries the baton across the finish line of physical experience and visible manifestation. Now, without the leg of faith, there's no baton to pass to hope. Faith is what hope or expectation rests upon. Now, here is where we ended two weeks ago. Because faith, hope, and love are a dynamic and interactive system, there must be precision in their application. Just calling something faith doesn't mean it's faith. Using the word hope doesn't mean you actually have some. And where this perhaps is the most obvious is telling somebody you love them is not... The same as actually loving them. You can tell somebody you love them, and, and so the Bible tells us let's not just love people with what we say in, in word only, but let's love in deed and in truth. Truth love, not true love, truth love is when our love is expressed in actions. And one of the greatest expressions, if not the single greatest expression of love, is in giving, serving. So we see that faith without any action is dormant or dead. That's true. Same is true of love and hope because we're talking about a dynamic interactive system. They all have to have action associated with them, confession associated with them. But in the same way, telling somebody you love them is, is important. Telling them without ever showing them, without any ever act, without action associated with that, um, it's going to get hollow over time. Faith without any action, now we make a confession of faith we we confess what we believe, but if there's never any action other than what we say right and then the- but see the same is true with hope. Hope without any action is 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 not going to produce uh, in your life the uh, results that God designed it to produce, so when we say there must be precision in their application. We're talking about something that's exact and accurate. Exact and accurate. A lack of, preci- a lack of precision will prevent the dynamic and interactive system of faith, hope, and love, um, will prevent it from producing results in your life. Now, we, we talked last week, and I'm not going to try to re-preach that whole message but so much of what people understand about faith, hope, and love is based upon human logic. It's based upon um, tradition, uh, quasi-religious traditions and, and, and thinking and perspectives. It's, it's based upon um, sense, realm, you know, living by your five senses, how somebody makes you feel, so forth and so on. It's, so that's where so much of what people, Understand about faith, hope, and love comes from what they teach about faith, hope, and love uh, influenced uh, uh, by uh, these things. Okay, so um, I believe Satan is behind the confusion and ignorance that leads to the lack of precision where faith, hope, and love are concerned. And for a lot of people, listen to me, I don't believe this is you, I pray that it's not you, but for a lot of people, faith and hope occupy the same thinking space. Just are talking about same thinking space in the same category as their superstitions, as words that they throw around to ward off bad luck. It, it, it's kind of all in that same. Have you ever talked to somebody that, you know, one minute they're they're using bible words and then they mingle into that things that the world has said you know humanistic things a couple of weeks back I think it was I shared about the gentleman that you know I listened to his book he recommended you know and he, he used faith and believing and God and God blessing and but then he talked about the universe and the, and the universe owed him a favor and you know so notice now at least the way his book came across the things of god occupied the same space and fell into the same category as um these other beliefs that would be uh you know again superstitious so what do we really mean when we say i'm believing for the best what do we really mean when we say, I hope everything works out? And I'm sure if you're like me, you've probably said those things and, and used those words to try and encourage somebody and to try and lift somebody's spirits. and, and um, you know, But notice that's coming more from a hang-in-there perspective in our lives and thinking we we we're trying to get somebody to hang in there so we say i'm just i'm standing with you well are you really i'm believing everything's going to turn out okay based upon what well i i i hope that um that that you that you you know do do well uh this week well again i'm not saying that we're doing something terrible when we use those kinds of expressions. But, but, but where the, it's backfiring on us is we're losing the accuracy and the precision that we need to truly operate in this dynamic and interactive system of faith, hope, and love. So it's this constant and subtle misuse of words like Believe or believing. Faith. Have faith. Love. Love you. Ya, love y'all. Right? Hope. Wish. Using hope when we really mean wish. All of these subtle misuses of the words have undermined and watered down their true meaning and along with it the precision necessary for faith, hope, and love to produce God's results in our lives. Now, we need a reset. That's why the title is uh, to to reset the precision where these things are concerned. All right. Now, let let me try to and I know we're getting pressed on time, but let me push on a little further here. So we go back to Colossians 2 and 6. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. How we received new birth realities is the template, or we could say the pattern, for how we walk in new birth realities. Same way you receive them is the way you walk in them same way you receive salvation is the same way you receive healing. The same way you receive salvation and healing is the same way you receive baptism in the Holy Spirit. And we we could just go on and on. So how we received is the template for how we walk in the realities that we have received. Now some of the things that I'm going to cover in the time we have remaining... We may circle back to and build, uh, build out some more, okay, but there are some key things I want us to focus on first. Your new birth and all that it includes. So we're going to look at how we receive that because that becomes the template. We've got to establish the template, all right? So your new birth and all that it includes is according to God and His love for you. That's what it's based on. Remember what, according to? It's not according to uh, uh, denominational tenets of faith. It's not a, and those tenets of faith may pre- may present salvation by faith to you. Hopefully, they do. But those tenets of faith are the word of God. Amen. So, according to means based upon, and these things are based upon God Himself and His love for you. Ephesians two says. That God is rich in mercy, and because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works lest anyone should boast. So why are we saved? We're saved because God is rich in mercy and He's done this for us because of the great love with which He loved us. And He did all this for us while we were dead in trespasses. And He has made us alive. And He has raised us up. And He has seated us together. It's not something that He will do. It's something He's already done. As far as God is concerned, it's finished. It's a thing done in your life. It's a completed action in your life but now he says by grace notice the pattern now by grace you're saved through faith this means faith received the salvation that was made available by love god's love is what provided it and faith was the means by which you accessed it and and received it into your life there are there are a lot of people who have not yet received by faith the gift of salvation and they're not saved i don't i don't I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings but this idea that we're all God's children and you know there's you know a uh, lot of people with different names that you know but you know there's a lot of gods and a lot of ways to god that's, that's not true it's not true now once salvation is received the love that provided it and the faith that received it puts you in a position to hope for or expect things that were previously out of reach. Now, let's work for a few minutes on dialing in what are otherwise vague, random, inaccurate, and ineffective understandings of faith and hope. I'm not trying to leave love out of this. Love, love is extremely important. But you know, this past year, we, we've spent, uh, and, and even... Back into uh, 2021, you know, we've really looked at two of the most important Bible words for love, agape and philo, and and what that means. And in here, we talked about the love and the characteristics of that in 1 Corinthians 13. And so, hopefully, we've got a, a pretty good idea of of love. But in in this in this case, listen to me now. Our love walk and our expressing love to other people is vital in all of this. But what I'm wanting to present to you now is as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in Him. And you receive salvation not because you loved Him first, but because He loved you. Your salvation is not based upon you loving Him. Your salvation and it being available for you to receive is based upon Him loving you. He died for you while you were a sinner without any guarantee that you would ever turn to Him. So I'm not trying to set love aside. The greatest of these is love. But I'm trying to help you understand this from the the viewpoint of how we received the new birth reality is how we walk in it. And love made it available and your faith received it, now what faith and love have produced in your life is carried through into your life reality by this anchor leg of, of what the Bible calls hope and how hope operates in these things. So we see in Hebrews 11, 1... Faith now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. That word now is important, and not just from the perspective of of faith being present tense. I've preached it that way in the past. I'm not saying that's necessarily wrong, but now is connecting it to to all the way back up into chapter ten. You can make a case for even deeper into Hebrews than that. But he goes through all of these things. So you know, if 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 Hebrews eleven one is sitting right here, okay. Here it comes. All these things he's revealing and showing, revealing and showing. Revealing. And then he comes to this, this uh, you know, point, if you will, of, okay, what do we do now? So, so now faith, right? Now that you understand all this, because he just got through telling you in chapter 10, verse 14, that you've been perfected forever. And you look at your life and you're going, dude, I, you, I don't know what you're... Th- I believe Paul wrote Hebrews. He may not have. I, that's what I believe. The, um Brother Hagin asked the head of the church who wrote it, and he told him Paul. So, anyway, um, but we'll just say for those who disagree, the writer of Hebrews, Amen. Um, he he he's presenting these things, and people look at it and it's like, how, how can this be right? Um, because it didn't their life reality, in other words, didn't line up with it seemingly, and so he's saying now faith, in other words, you. You have got to understand how faith works. Faith believes it's received before it sees any evidence. Some of the words when he says, "You have been perfected forever," past completed work. You are complete in Him. Past completed work. You look at your life reality. You go, "Man, this is missing. I could use some more of this. I got it." And and you think, "Well, I don't understand how this is accurate. I don't, I don't understand how this is true." Okay. Well. Again, it's because you, you you're not factoring faith into this. Faith believes it's already done before the result is experienced, uh, expressed, or enjoyed in your life reality. All right, let me let me give you the gist of this, and we'll pray. Okay. So hope, according to Hebrews eleven one, is the substance of things hoped for. That means. Hope is based upon faith. We have hope because we have faith. So when we say, I hope everything turns out okay, or I'm believing uh, with you, all right, so what are you believing for? Why are you believing it? What is that belief based upon? Because when faith, in its precise And specific and accurate way that God created it to be used. When faith has done what faith is supposed to do and how it's supposed to do it, it creates a solid foundation for your expectation to rest upon. But if we're confused about what faith really is and how faith really works and how it fits into this dynamic and interactive system, then... We'll be wishy-washy in our hope because, in other words, you, you can't have firm, confident hope based upon, uh, you know, tossed to and fro, uh, wavering faith. We'll get to there, okay? So hope is based upon faith. That's what he's saying now. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's that which comes underneath and supports hope, right? Right? It's also faith is the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. So, if hope is based upon faith, if hope is based upon faith, what is faith based upon? And if faith is the evidence of things not seen, boy, let the Holy Spirit help you here now. If faith is the evidence of things not seen, can we follow that chain of evidence? Maybe I've watched too many uh, courtroom dramas on television. But, and of course I had experience with this when I worked for the city of Hoover. Not hands on it, but I had to coordinate some of this stuff as, a, as an, as an I-M-A-1 operator. When there's evidence of a, of a crime, that evidence has to be collected and documented and then every person that touches that evidence all the way up until it's presented at trial, which may be years later, there has to be a chain that connects it from being presented at trial. All It has to be able to be traced all the way back to the original person that found it, photographed it, uh, packaged it, documented it, signed off on it. If for some reason that sealed packaging has to be open for testing or whatever, um, again it's it's documented with video with uh, photography, uh, witnesses, signatures, uh, because if there's a if if the chain of evidence is broken, then it's very easy for that to be thrown out for it to be rejected. So you can't just you know throw the put the suspect's bloody blue jeans in the trunk of your car and two years later remember, oh yeah, let me go grab those. See, there's got to be an identifiable chain of evidence that, that traces it back to the source from which it was found or derived. Are you with me? So the two questions, let's go back to them. If hope is based upon faith, what is faith based upon? need to understand this because when we say i'm believing based upon what it's got it's got to have some it's it's got to have something that that it's based upon or else it's not faith and if faith is the evidence of things not seen can we follow the chain of evidence and the answer is absolutely yes so faith is based upon the word of god and the word of god is based upon the nature and the character of god so notice it starts with god and then God saying something about, I've done this for you, I've given this to you, I've promised this for you, I've said this is yours, I've said this is in you, all these things. How do we know what's been given to us? It's right there in the Word of God. God said it. How do we, how do we know what these new birth realities in us are? They're right here in the Word of God for us to, to search out. And to acknowledge, again, that's more than just giving mental assent to, but confessing, this is true about me. I have a treasure in my earthen vessel. I lay my hands on the sick and the sick recover. According to who? Based upon what? Based upon what Jesus said. Jesus said you would lay your hands on the sick and the sick would recover. So notice now, my my full persuasion... That I can lay my hands on the sick and the sick and recover is not something that I just thought, man, it'd be really cool if I could lay my hands on the sick and and recover. No, it's based upon something, which is based upon something, which is based upon something. And ultimately, it's based upon God Himself. Faith is based upon the Word of God, and the Word of God is based upon the nature and the character of God. Amen. Stand with me tonight. So, speaking of the nature and character of God, let me just give you two verses and we'll pray. Okay. 1 John 4 8. He who does not love does not know God, for God is, somebody say it. God is love. God is love. So that means love with a capital L is the source of everything that's been done for you, everything that's been given to you, everything that has been spoken over you, every promise that's been made to you. Love made that promise. Love gave you that gift. Love took that punishment for you. Love is the one who has put these new birth realities in you. Okay? So what does that tell us? That that tells us that there's no hidden agenda. There's no ulterior motive. Because of His great love with which He loved us. That's why He did it. Hebrews 6, 18, that by two immutable things which it is impossible for God to lie, that we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. Now there's a lot that's going on here in in this verse, in the context of this verse. But notice it speaks to the, the nature and the character of God. And it's not just that God doesn't lie or chooses not to lie. It's that He cannot lie. It's impossible for Him to lie. I heard Pastor Bill Winston say it this way. He said, God can't lie because whatever he says, it becomes. That's one way of looking at it. It was a Sunday morning when he was preaching. He said, if God walked up in here right now and said it's Tuesday, he wouldn't be lying. It would become Tuesday. Well, yes, because of his creative power, but we also know that this is the nature and the character of God. He is holy, holy, holy. Now, why is it important for us to understand the nature and the character of God? Because He is asking you to believe what He has said. And if He has questionable character, if if His character is in question, if He's not really love, and if He lies all the time, well, then we may have reason to doubt what He has said. But it's impossible for Him to lie. And He is love, and everything He's ever said, done, given, promised has come from Him Himself, spoken from Him to you from love. Amen. Based upon, based upon, based upon, according to, according to, according to. It's hope according to faith. It's faith according to the Word. It's the Word according to what's been done, given, and promised, and what's been done, given, and promised according to the nature and character of the One who did it, who gave it, and who promised it. See, now we're talking about some precision. We're not just saying, well, you know, everything's going to be all right, brother. Just hang in there. Amen. Father, thank you for this time together this evening. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the faith. Thank you for the hope, Lord, these powerful forces that work together in our lives. Lord, I thank you that you're helping us understand them, restore precision where these things are concerned. Lord, not to be sloppy with these things, not to not to be slack and loose and just throw them around as if they are all interchangeable and can be, you know, one used for the other and so forth and so on. But, Father, that we would really recognize that these are more than platitudes, they're more than e- emotional, uh, uh, mental ideas, concepts, Father, but that they are powerful forces, otherworldly forces, Lord, that have been made available to us for our lives and for our benefit here in this world Lord, to even bridge the gap from the realm of the spirit into the realm of the natural and lord that um, we would get very very serious about restoring precision where these things are concerned as they operate in our lives in jesus name amen and amen thank you for being here this evening um best advice i could ever give anybody is agree with god and agree with him quickly amen you have a blessed rest of your week i'll see uh, some of you... Son-